0: I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron
1: Butterfly. And I'm hanging out rocking with Seattle Wave Radio.
0: Well, I know the audience is just as excited today as I am to have returning back to the show for the second time one of our favorites, really, of of all of our guests, a founding member of HEART. 2013, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, one of the best living guitarists on the planet. I've dared witness to this several times live. Roger Fisher is just one of the best on the planet, and, and if you can get out to see him, run, don't walk to do that. He's also an accomplished singer-songwriter. He's just an all-around great artist. He's an amazing person, and Roger, I'm just really thrilled to have you back with us today. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, it's great to be here, Lori. Thanks for the nice words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the last time we talked, it, you were just weeks away from being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How was that night, now that you kind of have had time to process and, and reflect back on it, and has it changed the way you move forward or 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 think of yourself as an artist? Well, you know, that
1: night was really, really amazing, Uh, It was really high pressure because being around Anna Nance after all those years, I didn't know, you know, what it was going to be like. And uh, it turned out to be uh, very pleasant, very healing, and uh, uh, a a real good cathartic uh, experience for all involved, I believe. And, uh, geez, we played well. When we did our rehearsal the day before, the very first time we played the song, it was just fantastic. (laughs) It was uh such a great feeling to, to play with them all again. And then did uh, you
0: just slip right back into it, just just like old times?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was very, very impressive. Because you know, I've played with a lot of different heart tribute musicians over the years and god there's just nothing like the real thing. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then,
0: for fans so the, who were there, that had to the, be amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and so the experience of, of standing on the stage and and having Jack Nicholson, Cindy Crawford, Oprah, all these major artists right down in front of us, and then the other 7,000 people. And then being on TV, you know, I don't do that sort of thing all that often because I've been in composing mode for so many years. Yeah, it was just a great experience. And then to, to answer your question, since uh, being in the Hall of Fame, I am now officially a legend. It's no longer just in my own mind. <laughs> yeah. T- people people really treat you different when you're a, a rock hall person. And that, you know, it's it's uh it's really humbling in a way and and it's fun, too. <laughs>
0: and and well-deserved. You you were able to take a lot of your family, I think, down with you for that experience. Um, We talked about you buying quite a few plane tickets um, uh, to to take your family down there. Did they all get to go? And I've got to imagine that was just an incredible experience to be able to share that with them because a lot of your children weren't even born during the time that you you were, were with Hart.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, it, yeah, we did have most uh, most of my kids down there, and it was so much fun. It was so they they were so proud, you know. <laughs> so right after we played Crazy on You and, and came off the stage, they were gonna do Barracuda. Hart was gonna do Barracuda next with, uh, oh, Chris Cornell, she's I forget who all else, but a, you know a bunch of other star types. That were old friends of Anne and Nancy's, and and they wanted to to share that moment with with their friends. So, them doing Barracuda was appropriate in the in that light. And so, while they did that, I ran out uh, into the uh, balcony and the audience where my kids were, and went up there and hugged them as Barracuda was playing uh, in in the background. And I felt, it, I felt it felt. like like a Twilight Zone kind of moment in that, uh, why wasn't I up there playing it? But at the same time, I felt really honored because of who was playing my song, you know? (laughs) So it was a a wonderful moment. But I'll tell you what, a couple days later, uh, we drove down to San Diego to see my son, uh, my 13-year-old, actually he was 12 then, play in a soccer, I mean a, a baseball game. And We got detoured off the freeway, and then we got detoured again, and we finally got to San Diego, and we got to the field, went to the field, and he just, the moment we got there, went up to bat, and he hit a grand, or not a grand slam, he hit a home run over the center field fence, And that was just incredible for me to see, because I was into baseball when I was little. But, yeah, that was a great moment.
0: Wow! Wow! Well, you know, a a rising tide lifts all boats. So you know, you put when you have that energy as 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 a person, and your family picks up on that energy, and you know, just you just kind of keep seeing all these great things kind of go on. Everybody's in a good mood, and everybody's happy. And I'm sure your son was feeling that that same collective energy, and. And, uh, it, you know, it just, it just sparks throughout the, the whole family. And then, of course, as fans, a lot of times we, we feel that, that same thing, that same spark that, that comes through you guys and it comes out into, into uh, to the audience. And you even talked about the audience in, in your acceptance speech and, and how important your fans and the audience was to, to music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We certainly wouldn't be anywhere without our fans and audience. But that, that brings to mind something that I'm really interested in, which is, uh, you know, we've got this new album coming out, uh, Halloween. And you just don't know, you just don't ever know how things are going to be received. And uh, so far, all the people that have come to know what the new project is, and it's it's a very large project. It's way more than just a music album. uh Everybody who's come to see what it is have loved it and are really, really excited about what's going on. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what the reaction to the album is because it's very unusual.
0: Now, is is this available at all right now, Roger, for pre-order?
1: No, uh, we're just really slow in the way we do things because we just want to make sure we always do things right. And so it's not available for pre-order yet, but I I imagine in September it will become available for pre-order. And, you know, listeners probably don't know what the project is. What it is, is uh, it's a four-album concept package where each album cover is one quarter of a big picture. And then the albums come out incrementally about once a year and a half until all four albums are out. And then uh, at that time, everybody will know what the big one vision was because we've got this long-term, large vision for what we're doing. It won't all be revealed until the fourth album comes out. But by that time, I think, uh, who knows? (laughs) Who knows?
0: Well, that's really conceptual. So, I mean, it's going to be... Revealing itself probably a little at a time until everything is revealed when the fourth and final album come out, people can ke- uh, keep up with that at rogerfisher dot com You have a fantastic website, very fan uh, interactive you answer fans questions on your website, so I would encourage people to write this down go to rogerfisher dot com and Ask him a question for one thing, he will definitely probably see it for sure, and you even answer a lot of questions on there. But we can keep up with all of your latest music and where, where and when you're going to be performing as well. It's a great website. We'll okay. put it together. Did a great job.
1: Ah, thanks. Yeah, that was my son Dylan. Oh, another good website, uh and we're only like two weeks away from this show. Uh my brother and I put on a festival every year called Moonfest coming up here in less than two weeks, and you can go to www.moonfest2014.com for more information on this fine festival.
0: <laughs> and That's going to be August 22nd through the 24th in Lake Leland, Washington. It's a festival that's gone on now for how many years, Roger?
1: Uh, it's gone on for four years, and my brother and I have been part of it for three years. So uh, as soon as we got involved, the stage got way bigger and the sound system got bigger. Now this year, we're going to have a 10.2 surround sound system and it it's, uh, it covers a huge area. So all the audience that are inside uh, what we call a virtual theater are subject to this incredible immersive sound. It's the best sound that we've ever heard. Uh, and then there's a lot of Sound effects in my album. There's frogs and thunder and rain and there's a train that goes through. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool show.
0: Well and it's an all outdoor show and you're an outdoorsy kind of guy. You are always seem to be out in nature and hiking and backpacking and you said so I can see where this would be right up your alley.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Love love uh love the woods and, and Tasting and smelling and feeling the outdoors—all the when you're constantly surrounded by man-made stuff, it's just so hard and sterile and man-made. You know, it's nice to get out and in and, and be surrounded by stuff that isn't man-made. Uh, yeah, and so three days of camping at Moonfest.
0: Well, for those who might not like to the camp, there's also hotel suggestions as well so you could come to the event and not camp and then go back at night to a hotel right for, for for people like me who aren't like totally committed to the whole nature experience
1: yeah yeah there's hotels nearby and and you can bring your RV or whatever
0: and you have an amazing lineup. So not only are, are are you going to be there, and your brother's going to be there, Vicky Martinez is going to be there, Austin Jenks is going to be there, Stephanie Ann Johnson. A lot of people remember Austin Jenks and Stephanie Ann Johnson from The Voice. Both of them were from Seattle. Did really good. Austin, I believe, was in the top eight. Vicky Martinez, also from The Voice, has a huge following. Um, have just gone on to have really great careers. Leon Hendricks' band is going to be there. Uh, I know he's a he's a friend of yours. Two Spokes is going to be there. It's uh, just an incredible, incredible lineup of just pure artists doing doing their thing.
1: Yeah, and the nice thing is that we're giving uh, a portion of the proceeds of the festival to Tina Hendricks, who is Jimi Hendrix's niece. She has a organization called The Hendrix Music Academy. And it's really a great thing. It helps take care of at-risk youth, uh, that are kind of going in a bad direction. And she welcomes them into their facility. And, uh, they get free music lessons. Some, some, some of them get free instruments. If they have skills, then they are, uh, they're able to teach. And she cooks for them and just takes care of them. It's a great, great thing that she's doing. So we're really looking to uh, raise money for her and, and raise awareness for what she does because it's so good.
0: And a, a lot of people may not know, but Jimi Hendrix was from Seattle. His family is very active in, in the Seattle music scene still. Um, they contribute a lot to the community here, as do most artists who, like yourself, who were born and raised in or around the Seattle area and have stayed in the Seattle area and continue constantly to give back to Seattle music. And I really believe that we're seeing the fruits of everybody's labor in what's going on in music today. There's so much of Seattle's soul in music that's being heard around the world, and so much of that just, the DNA of it goes right back to Seattle.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, It makes you wonder why certain centers Become sources of huge influence to the world, like you know Liverpool <laughs> was certainly huge and mm-hmm. and England in the sixties and seventies uh, and eighties and nineties <laughs> such a huge part of popular music and that is really hugely important because music influences us in such a deep way, you know there's religions try to influence us in certain ways. Governments definitely influence us in certain ways. And uh, societal flow in general influences, influences us in particular ways. But music touches us in our souls and we are absolutely shaken to the core and changed, sculpted by the music that we love. And it's just such a wonderful thing to be in this craft and given the responsibility to touch people on such a deep level because it it is a, a big responsibility. Boy, I take it very seriously and have really done some soul searching to be mining into the right ores to pass on.
0: Well, yeah, I've always said that music is the universal language that every soul speaks. And you know it when you hear it. Um, it you, you know the truth of it, the, the, the second, really, the, the first bars are played. And you've been such a, a big part of that. And I think that's why people on such a massive level have continued to love you for so long because... When you write your music, it comes from a place of truth. Our souls recognize it immediately as truth, and it touches something that becomes part of our our makeup, part of our own personal DNA, and and, and it kind of charts and follows our our human past. You know, a lot of the songs that, that you have written, you know, people have just grown up with, and it doesn't matter how old we get, those songs stay with us. They were as relevant to us as when we were 15 and 16 as they are to us when we're 30 and 40 and 50 and 60.
1: Boy, you said that really well. Uh, But yeah, I was very fortunate to be with some other really talented, determined uh, musicians who didn't settle for something that was just good. We really strived for something that was uh, on what we thought we could do, and my my brother really helped with that. You know, he was with uh, Ann for several years, and when they were together and Nance and I were together, it was just a real powerful foursome, and that was the foundation of the band in the old days, so it greatly influenced all the decisions in songwriting and, and everything.
0: Well, something about being with genius that just it makes everybody better. But when you're around great musicians and great artists, it makes you as an artist e- even better. I-, I had Mason Williams on probably about a year ago. He was talking about writing classical gas, and it went down as one of the best uh, you know guitar riffs, and he I think he won a Grammy for it, but he, many years ago. But the reason that happened was because he was with other musicians, and every night after they got done with their sets, they would pass a guitar around, and all of them would pay, play something really great. And he had nothing great to play, and he thought the next time they passed me that guitar, I'm going to have something great to play. And <laughs> he went home, and he wrote classical gas. And so the, there was just something about being in that collective group of which you are a part of um, that make not only yourself better, but make everyone around you and your craft better as well.
1: Boy, that's something I've really noticed uh, over all these years. Back in the day when I was in Heart and we were out touring, uh, the local musicians in the Seattle area, there were some good ones. Uh, there was a lot of just mediocre ones as well. Well now after all these years there are so many good musicians around. Jeez, it's really uh it's it's amazing. It's like well, I'm I, I look at myself and I'm I don't stand out so much as I used to. There's all these really great musicians all all over the place. You can go anywhere in, in these little towns around Seattle and just see really, really good live entertainment then I look at myself and and I say, Okay, well, you know, I'm not like this extraordinary guitarist or singer, but I do write songs that I think are really good and then my brother and I have been wearing all the hats where we uh we are the re we're the engineer, we're the producer, we are the cameraman, we edit the videos, uh and now we're geez, we're trying to market. It's tough today to uh, get everything done when you when you aren't rich. You know, you can't hire a bunch of people to, to do all this stuff. At least we can't. We're just not in that position. So we do it ourselves. So uh, it's fun and challenging and frustrating and rewarding getting all this done ourselves on a level that we think is good enough. I mean, to make a good music video, man, it's... Uh, there's a lot of work involved in that, at least in the way we do it. Yeah, so that's been really fun, this whole project. Well, you're being
0: humble because you really are one of the best. And what happened was you guys set the bar so high, and it forced other artists to up their game. And what happened was it the fans really win because there's so much good music out there now. And the the quality and the level of of the music that's coming out is, you know, really on a on a on a pro scale, no matter if you're you don't have to be signed to put out good music, and that keeps being proved over and over and over again. And the winner really is the is fan. I'm really not sure how it's all going to shake out musically because, you know, it's, it's still kind of finding itself through radio and the label and independent, and, you know, there's so many streams of, of ways to get music, and that's still kind of all shaking out right now. But in the winner, or at the end, I, I really hope that, that both sides win, that the fan win and the artist win
1: yeah it would be nice if the artist could get paid for their work <laughs> when the artists get the short end of the stick. It's really sad because we're pretty innocent generally, and what we do is not based on uh polluting or greed or anything that's wrong. It's all good, and yet it seems like usually in the end the artists is the one that doesn't get the fair shake. Uh, You know, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just kind of stating an observation. The people that move the music around and and profit by ads that are generated around music-oriented things, you know, a lot of people in the periphery profit. Musicians could just be paid fairly for their songs. That would be great. That's what iTunes did. When iTunes came out, that was really a step in the right direction, and uh, it has helped immensely. And that's yeah, and that's part of why iTunes became the biggest record company in the world.
0: Ellen, I, I will give a shout out to Seattle because Seattle. In and around Seattle, last year bought more independent, independent music than any other city, any other region on the face of the planet, and that really says a lot for for the music lovers in Seattle that they are were willing to search it out. And I and I really encourage everybody to do that. Make your town the one who wins. You know, buying the best independent or or the most independent music of any other town. Try to beat us. We want you to beat us. Um, <laughs> Next year, because that'll just say the movement's even growing, and and I, I couldn't be prouder for Seattle to have won that last year.
1: That's incredible. Where did you find that st- statistic?
0: Oh, I it, it we we've been touting that for quite a while. It was in I think it was in Rolling Stone, and I we 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 held on to that badge for a while. It was two thousand two thousand thirteen. I will send you the link after we're done. Oh, that's
1: that's great. That's really mm-hmm. that's really great.
0: We want to encourage people to go to rogerfisher.com, to go to moonfest2014.com, support Roger and what everybody's doing with this wonderful, great music. They're really trying to bring you new and original and fantastic music. These are the people that we want to support. We want to continue to support them and keep this fantastic genius of music Coming and going throughout our iPods and throughout our homes and our cars all the time. And there's a band in Ireland, and and I've I've talked about this before on the show, but they're called the Twenty Band, and they have a song called called Take a Penny, and um and and it's really based on the pennies that that you see next to the cash register, and they've attributed that to music and and the artist, and the artist puts all the money, the little pennies, in the jar. They they write the music, they sing the music, they, they go out and they produce the music, they travel on their own dime from show to show to show. They um, it, it takes a lot of money to make a record. And the artist puts all that money up there in the jar. And if we just keep taking the pennies out then they can't do what they want to say. We have to give back. We have to put some pennies back in, so we have to buy their music. That's the whole the whole circle of life that, that keeps it going, but the artist always puts all the money in up front, and it's our responsibility as fans, as music lovers, to put some pennies back, and we do that by supporting their music, by going to iTunes, by going to Amazon, by going to their websites and purchasing their music that they've, they've they put it off. they put all the pennies in there for us. All we have to do is put a few pennies back. Thanks, Roger for, <laughs> for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you, Lori, and what you just said was said very well, and thank you very much for that. And uh, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback from people when they hear the album uh, after Halloween. And uh, yeah, life is good.
0: Absolutely. Go to rogerfisher.com. If you are in the Pacific Northwest at all, get to Moonfest. Go to Moonfest 2014 and watch the Masters live. I mean, it's one of those bucket list things. I mean, you've got to go out and see these people live and really witness pure genius just on the stage. There's is nothing nothing like it. It just it just doesn't translate uh, to you know, just to uh, to to me talking about it for sure, but if you have the opportunity to see live, make sure that you go out and support live music. It's always a pleasure, Roger always always a pleasure okay, thank you, Lori All right, thank you. I'm going to play a couple of your songs as as we go out
1: great, wonderful all
0: right, and, and this is uh, off Roger's last album It's called Love Alive, and I'll be back in just a moment.
1: my head, I looked out the window, darkness was my bane but Suddenly a Sunday mark me to my weary heart It was the prettiest thing I'd ever seen I knew I had to keep my love, had to keep it alive Had to keep my love, keep it alive
0: Well, that's our show. We would like to thank our listeners, our guests, and of course our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to Audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free; it doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out, get back with us, let us know what you think, and be sure to also check out NorthwestPrime.com for this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past. Thanks and have a great day. Seattle Wave Radio. Your Seattle, your scene.
1: This is Matthew Meadows, better known to some of you as Rango the Dog, and you're surfing the seas of mojo with Seattle Wave
0: Radio. Catch the wave.